to Titillating Talks. And we're busting fitness myths. I'm Laura. I'm Hallie. And this is Titillating Talks. We're best friends and we're busting fitness myths. And sharing honestly. Welcome. Hey, Laura. Hi, Hallie. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm full of ramen. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a good feeling. Ramen's delicious. Ramen is delicious. Uh, I understand it has a very high salt uh uh intake or quantity or whatever the Mm -hmm. word is i'm searching for right now but like do people drink the broth because i never drink the broth i just eat the noodles oh i love to sip ramen broth like i've it's part of the experience i feel like you know but from like packaged ramen see what i'm saying oh packaged ramen no i don't think i would right exactly like packaged ramen i just do it so that it like gets the noodles soft and like mm-hmm. you know gets me get me a like a fast meal but like if I was at a restaurant or like a ramen yeah I just have, are they called yeah. ramen restaurants yes yeah <laughs> but then like yes then I would like drink the broth because it'd be like you know fresh broth instead of mm-hmm. like packaged dehydrated stuff because it always like there's a lot of like alarmist stuff like I went on like a reddit deep dive to like figure out what the most elevated like store-bought ramen would be packaged mm. ramen would be um and people are really freaking out about the salt, but I'm like, doesn't that only really matter if you're like consuming the whole, the whole thing? Like if you're drinking the soup, I don't Probably. know. Probably. Anyway, yeah. It's delicious. Give me the salt. I don't really eat salt. Like, so like the one time a day, if I have salt, if it's ramen, whatever, it's delicious. I fry an egg. I put the egg inside. Yeah. Delicious. Mm. Yeah, Ugh, love a fried egg on ramen. <laughs> and then I was like, I need fiber. So I like aggressively sucked on a kiwi. I don't know. It was like a whole moment. <laughs> I was like, I only have 15 minutes to eat lunch and get on this call. And so, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, I've, I'm full. <laughs> I, yeah. Ramen was one of those things where it's like, I'm eating soup, but halfway through, I feel so full because of the broth and the noodles all together and the veggies and the egg, just so many things mm-hmm. in my belly. It's just, oh, it feels so good though. I know it does feel good. And I like, I think everybody associates ramen with like, you know, poor college food, you know? Yeah. But it, I mean, there are expensive brands of ramen, first of all, yeah, expensive true. being like $4 per package. So like, this is like, you know, some elevated, whatever ramen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four dollars uh <laughs> but like it's also just like really convenient like I had like a half hour and that's what I had time for and now I'm like really satiated and picking ramen out of my teeth that's great <laughs> mm, classy <laughs> I try I try keep it classy all the time uh how are you doing let's see what's going on well Archie was going through his seven month sleep regression so that was fun the past week or so and I think he's really starting to teethe because Mm. he's been losing his appetite and he's super irritable you know if he's not like crawling or moving he doesn't want to sit still he doesn't want to like play with things a lot he's not taking the bottle as much so it's just like teeth are about to pop through I think and so that has been a fun experience is he drooling a lot he is but not as much as I think he would be when the teeth are like about to pop through I think it's like the first stage of the teething process for him I don't know 
we'll see yeah. what happens. I'll I'll send you some things that worked for Renee when he was teething. The big thing I think was that was the easiest was actually just taking one of his washcloths. I don't know if you do this. Oh, okay. uh, wetting it, <clears throat> wetting it, and like folding it over and freezing it, oh. and then giving it to him because oh, then it was like cold and hard, but it got soft and he could suck on the water. Like it was like this whole like sensory mm. thing for him um, that I think was really helpful for his mouth. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that I saw your Instagram, you made like little ice pops. So that'll, yeah, I made, I was so, I was so proud of myself. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to make breast milksicles. And I made them for him. And then I had this little ice tray thing that I ordered that make the little tiny popsicle shape and he loved it. And so yeah. that's been helpful. Yeah. But that's, the yeah. towel thing is a good idea for the sure. Towel thing. We had these, um, teether crackers that were really helpful as well um that like start hard but then they get really gummy once they get wet and mm -hmm. so that was like a big thing we might have been using no I guess he was a little older when we came to visit you last year can you believe it's almost been like a year that's crazy yeah oh my gosh <laughs> I don't know I like some one of these like memories popped up on my like iPhone and I was like oh my god wait what month is it I was like oh my gosh I was like that was almost a year ago it's like 10 months ago Oh, oh man. Well, oh, I haven't told you. I am coming to New York for a friend's wedding in June. So we will definitely see you guys. Oh, fun. It's very Yay. exciting. Yeah. You'll have to let me know dates. Yes. We'll talk about dates specifically. And then if but... you need a place to stay, the podcast room is available. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. So we would to love consider. to stay with you guys maybe a night or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the pack and play that I had brought to you. We're like giving everybody in the world our information. <laughs> so everybody in the world is going to play Everybody come have a sleepover with us in June. It'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, I have stuff like for him to sleep in. So as long as you know the dates, we could just figure that out. And Whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. Yay. So exciting. Oh Yay. Yay. That's fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you know about stress? <laughs> I know a little bit about stress, but tell me more, please. Um, like when you think of stress, what do you think of? When I think of stress, I think mostly of mental stress. I think of being strung out you know, anxiety, never like being able to stop your thoughts kind of mm -hmm. a situation. That's at least what happens to me when I'm stressed is if I'm stressed about something or anxious about something, I'll be like laying in bed, trying to sleep at night and the thoughts just keep turning and turning and going. And I can't, you know, can't settle and can't sleep. And I also think about cortisol when I think about stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of the word exhaustion? I guess I think of Sleepy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, that's kind of what I used to think of in terms of stress and also exhaustion as well. And in the last year, I guess I've been like leaning into rest, right? I'm always like talking mm -hmm. about rest and like, how can I get everybody to rest a little bit more? And it's because as I was leaning into that, I learned about like different types of rest and it helped me to kind of, I guess, open up the concept of what <clears throat> exhaustion is, open up the concept of like what stress is. Cause often that's exactly it. We only think about stress as being like mental and anxiety and we don't think about other things in our lives, in our bodies as like a holistic approach that could be in deficit. 
including mm-hmm. like your social life and, and um, you know, spirituality and things of that nature. But then exhaustion, we think of exhaustion, we think of being tired, we think of taking naps. And then we think like, oh, I've rested. I sleep. Like often I'll be like, have you gotten enough rest? And people will be like, I sleep. But I'm like, then why do you still feel tired? It was really eye-opening to like learn about the different types of rest. Because um, the first one obviously is like physical rest, right? Like everybody should be I like, by the way, world, like we're, we're just continuing our conversation from last week, right? Like this is- I was going to say, still, wait, we didn't talk, yeah, go into what we're doing right, today. <laughs> right, yeah. So like, I'm just kind of like jump boarding right into it, but right. We're continuing our talk about like optimizing health and habits that can help you to like op- optimize your life basically. Right. And something that I've been really researching myself again, is like stress management. Just like what I was saying last week, stress does literally all the same things that I was talking about, right? So like the heart disease and the cognition issues, and it's actually really scary with the cognition stuff, right? Like if you're stressed enough, if you're a child who's been put under duress, it can affect the way that your brain actually develops and your Mm -hmm. prefrontal cortex may not fully develop. And you may be in a constant state of cortisol or constant state of stress for the, the rest of your life. And we see this a lot with like low income families who don't have a lot of support or don't have a lot of resources, right? Like you get these young kids, they end up acting out at a really young age, either violence or, you know, through social deviance, right? Yeah. And they end up in the system. That's a, that's a social issue. That's an issue, right? Like that, that's happening because that child was put under duress at home at a really young age, right? That's not, that's not a normal thing. Like people don't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be a criminal, you know what I mean? Right. Like <laughs> that, that stems from a bigger problem. We don't go into today, but that, is, that does stem from a bigger problem. In terms of like adults that are dealing with stress, it can affect like whether or not your brain cells are able to like regenerate. You could start losing brain cells from stress, which is like, not optimizing your life by the way and also like really scary and i think that there's like this idea that like entrepreneurs right like oh maybe they have it easier right because they're like working for themselves and like they don't have to worry about the corporate stuff but we as entrepreneurs tend to put a lot of the same stress on ourselves to try to hit certain benchmarks oh yeah right and so like the same effects can happen doesn't matter if you're like working in corporate america if you work at home if you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad like stress can hit you for any reason a lot of it comes from socioeconomic issues and it can have a profound effect on your brain if it doesn't have an effect on your brain it can have an effect on your heart if it doesn't have an effect on your heart it can cause like leaky gut and these other like you know guttural I love that word, guttural, guttural issue, <laughs> other guttural issues, right? People will normalize it. It can have physical mm-hmm. issues, right? Like non, non-specific lower back pain. Uh, that's yeah. my, you know, like people are like, oh, my back hurts. And usually my answer, my first question is, well, how are you sleeping? And then mm-hmm. like, are, are there other things going on at home? Like, how do I like, kind of like start to tiptoe around? Like if there's like something else happening, cause you're holding on to stress. And it's not like a physiological thing that we can be like, oh, like this is going to fix that. No, like it's something else outside. So that's my long tangent to say stress is terrible for you. You have to find ways to manage it. The first kind of, you know, ways, first way you can rest is physical. And that's the most obvious, right? We think of being tired. We think of taking a nap or like laying down or going to sleep. If you find that you're sleeping fine, but you still feel exhausted, then you probably want to lean into one of the other 
types of rest that I'm going to talk about, right? Because then it's not about the sleep. It's about other things that are happening in your life, right? Yeah. Can we um, just pause just a second? I totally. just wanted to jump back to you were talking about how it's normalized mm -hmm. to be so stressed in our society. Mm -hmm. I just want to say in our modern day, busy lifestyles, it's like you just said, so normal to be high stressed and it's culturally associated with success and that if you're not stressed and busy and overworked and burnt out then you're not doing enough mm. so I just want to put out there <laughs> because this is something that I've been kind of ruminating as being a new mom and feeling like I'm not being productive enough but I am in many other ways being so productive for me and my family but I'm not, it feels like there are moments where I'm not productive enough because I'm not doing X, Y, and Z for my business, or I'm not posting on social media as much as I used to for my business and blah, blah, blah. So I just want to put out there that you are doing enough. Whoever's listening right now, you're doing enough. You know that you are. Take a moment to recognize that for yourself and breathe it in. You're doing enough. You're totally doing enough. You're totally doing enough. And so much of it is contextual, right? Like mm -hmm. we're both in similar scenarios where we have a, a young child. There are a boatload of things I would love to do. I would love to market this podcast more. I would love to like add more things onto my business. But guess what? I have a hard cutoff because spending time with my two-year-old while he's two is more important to me than whether or not someone listens to the podcast like that's mm -hmm. just where I am obviously we're not doing the podcast for like monetary reasons either so that 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 helps right because yeah. it's not it's not like I'm like in a scarcity mindset where I have to like really scrap together scrape together scrap together cash right like I, I I'm okay I'm content with where things are and right now the priority yeah is spending time with my child and yeah it's so easy to fall into this thing where like the like little voice telling you, you gotta keep talking yep. after her. She'll be in the back of my head and she'll be like, oh, you didn't do the thing again. You didn't mm -hmm. do it. Why didn't you do it, Laura? Why, why you should do it. You should ignore your kid. Let him watch TV and you just go do the thing. Just, just do it. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to like ignore him. I don't want to just put the TV on as a babysitter. Like if I'm, I want to watch TV with him and we can like engage and talk about what we're seeing in the story. Or I want to like play puzzles and like this is what I do with my afternoon. Yeah. I pick up my kid and we play. It's awesome. And quite frankly, not only is that really healthy for him, but it's really healthy for me. Yeah. You know, I get to play. I get what, like, and how many of us can say that? Like how many of us can say that we have like hours a day that we just play around, we crawl on the floor, we play around. Not like a workout where I'm like, oh, do I feel my body playing around either, right? Like something that's like pure, innocent, Legos <laughs> right <laughs> just for the fun of it just for the fun of it watercolors crayons bubbles these things are amazing I love yeah. them and I do them often you know yeah um which and that's probably I, one of the things I was gonna say it's probably one of the things you're gonna suggest yeah. as a type of rest is creative play right so I'll jump to creative creative rest is a real thing right it's important for you to go outside without any particular plan about where you're gonna go just go out you live in a city, go by the water. I live near water. You don't have water, go to a park. There's parks all over the place. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just go outside. 
not with like, oh, I need to go outside and take this walk in this direct direction, right? Like, and, and end up somewhere, but like literally just like go outside, look at art. I had a mommy day last Sunday because my husband was away for a week. And I said, I want to go out the day that you return so that I get my sanity back. That's what mm -hmm. I needed. I went to the Museum of Natural History. Dinosaurs are cool. <laughs> they are. They're freaking cool. I hadn't been to the Museum of Natural History in forever. I usually, I usually go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I went to the Science Museum. It was very cool. You can also just create art, mm -hmm. right? Create your own stuff. You can write. We're always talking about journaling. Journal. R write poetry. Reawaken the wonder that is like innocence and like yeah. something new within you, right? Like, why do we, why do we grow up and like stop doing those things? Why do we take ourselves so serious? Exactly. I just, I just think there's so much more to being a human than just locking into this box and being like, this is the way that I have to perform because someone told me that this is the way. I don't know. That yeah. just seems, that seems really boring to me. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is part of like me having been a raver for so many years, like, there's an element of play that I think is really important in that culture, right? People dress up and like get really weird. Of course, there's like some other extracurriculars there that probably help to boost <laughs> that up. But like, even if you're not partaking in that, right? Like there is an element of play there, right? Like yeah. there's an element of like thinking outside of the box in terms of like how you see yourself and how you see your peers. And I think that that's so special and important to just play right? Like mm -hmm. that's a, and that is a form of rest. Why? Because it's an outlier. It's away from like your work. It's away from the things that you're doing to keep the house over your head. Yeah. Right? I think anything that gets you out of your, you know, daily grind, your work mode is going to just spark other parts of your brain and your mind and be able to just get yourself into a, a better, a better zone of, you know, mental thoughts and positivity. So yeah, I agree. I, totally think it's something that you should do every day for the rest of your life you should have at least like five to 15 minutes where you just play yeah whatever that means for you like I said if it's looking at art if it's creating art if it's writing if it's going into nature looking out at the water playing with your child blowing bubbles whatever it is right <laughs> take that five to ten minutes time five to fifteen minutes a day and do it for the rest of your life that is so healthy for you to take that time for yourself and to not be so serious, literally for five to 15 minutes of your day, right? Yeah. Mental rest is also a thing, right? There's like productivity tools out there, like the Pomodoro effect, uh, Pomodoro effect, no, Pomodoro method. There's like the 2010 method. They're all kind of the same. You can look them up. Basically say you have to work for like 20 to 25 minutes and then you take like a five or 10 minute break and then you keep relooping that and then once you stack like three of these like sequences on top of each other, you take a slightly longer break. It can help to be more productive. I do something like that on my own, right? Like I, I do usually about like a 20 to like 30 minute work session and then I'll take a little break, get up, take a walk, get some water. Um, and it helps to kind of recharge my brain a little bit rather than just trying to like bang something out. Cause I find that like I get stale if I keep yeah. staring at the same thing, right? I just like, I can't keep doing it. And I feel like I'm going to like gouge my eyes out, honestly. <laughs> and not to mention me. just the benefits of physically getting up and, you know, moving your body every half hour or so is going to just feel good. So right, getting a snack, you know, um, breathing, 
you know, maybe taking a few moments just to take a few deep breaths. If you've been in like back-to-back meetings, stretching, maybe if you've been in back-to-back Zoom calls or back-to-back, you know, meetings again, where you're just sitting at a desk and like staring at people and not really able to move. Um, You know, again, I bring up the socioeconomic stuff because that's kind of where my head usually goes to, right? Clearly there's going to be people out there that aren't able to have control over their time. And that is actually on both ends of the spectrum, right? You're going to find people that are in lower wage jobs that are just like workhorses, right? And they just have to keep going until their manager tells them that they're allowed to take their state mandated break. Right. And then you have people that are on the higher end of the spectrum that are like your CEOs and your leaders that are going to be expected to keep going. Surgeons are a good example of this. If you have a 14 hour surgery, you may not be able to just be like, hey, it's my time to go out into nature now. <laughs> right. I'm going to leave their chest open on the table and just go take a breather. But then, right, for somebody like that who knows that, like, if you're a surgeon and you know that you have no control over your day, the minute that you walk through the door, then it's up to you to create a routine before you start work that is completely focused on you. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not be a rest in terms of like taking a break in the middle of the day, right? It may not be like a mental break there, but it is your mental time. It's your time where you set up a routine and just the same way that you would be brushing your teeth it'd be brushing your teeth and then doing some affirmations, brushing your teeth and then doing your medit- you know, meditation, brushing your teeth, going outside and staring at the horizon for 10 minutes, whatever it is, right? Where it's like completely quiet, rest time for your brain before you're going to go into this place where there's going to be like a surge of adrenaline and Mm -hmm. that just stays constant for hours and you have no control. Yeah. Take the time where you are able to control your energy, control your, you know, state of mind and make the most of it. Right. Um, there's sensory rest, right? So I'm staring at a box right now. There's a light behind the box that's yep. on. I got the waves going into my headphones and into my mic, right? Like the TV, the lights, everything, things are always on. You know the thing when you like walk by someone's house and you know the TV's on because you can hear that like high-pitched yeah. thing, right? Like the buzzing is always there. So having opportunities where you're taking a break and resting from sensory input, right? From From all these things that kind of stimulate you. Uh, particularly your phone and social media mm-hmm. and like this the scroll hole that people yeah. kind of go down is super 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 important um again just to kind of like let your brain have a moment where it's not being inundated by blue stuff. lights yeah <laughs> and stuff and high pitch whirring that you may not even be aware that you're like hearing anymore <laughs> like right. you may not even realize that like you're just used to this feedback that's coming off of all of the like tech that's around you. Like get used to unplugging. It's good for you. So good for you. Uh, emotional. So emotional rest is talking about your suppressed feelings. A lot of people will be dealing with things and they don't know how to get through it. Right. They yeah. don't know how to like really express it or express it or they don't know like what it is that they're feeling or it's a scary feeling like I've dealt with panic attacks and anxiety I've had depression in the past and I think from like high school up until probably a few years ago my answer was like pot and alcohol Um, and I think a lot of people do that 
right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, social media or like if they just like do something else to kind of ignore that they're having feelings. Yeah, our um, society's really into coping mechanisms instead right. of actually like diving into what the actual issue is, you know? Absolutely. And I think I could safely call myself an empath. Uh, and what ends up happening when you're an empath is you often become the default person for other people to tell their problems to. So then yeah. you have your own stuff. This happens often at work. You become like the default colleague where like people have things from home and from work that they come to you. Oh my God, I got to tell you about all the things that my husband did or my wife did. And like, you become the person that's just like, oh yes. And like listening to all of that. But like, you are a human who have your own problems from your own life. And now you're taking on other people's problems and people keep coming to you with that. And I think that that could be really challenging, right? Like learning how to set up boundaries with your colleagues um, so that they don't think that you are the place that they should be coming and dumping all that information on. Or family Um, members too. That's a big thing. Family members. You know, often there's a default parent. I don't know in your house, you know, if it switches back and forth between you and Jeff, but like, I know for sure I am the default parent. My child will always try to come to me before he comes to his father. It is what it is. It means that I need to take breaks, right? And it means that I need to like take time to deal with some of the stress that comes along with somebody like needing you a lot. Um, Therapy is a great tool, you know, if you don't believe in therapy, spiritual advisors are great. Um, And there's many different kinds of therapy. Like people think therapy is just, they picture the psychologist taking notes while you're laying on a couch and, you know, there's music therapy, there's art therapy, there's dance therapy. There's so many ways to explore what's going on inside of you. So it doesn't have to be just this one type of therapy that you're stuck with. If it doesn't vibe with you, try something else. I took dance therapy in college and it was fascinating and amazing. And as a person who's been a dancer their whole life, it was very natural for me to like, oh, dance out my emotions and express myself with my body. So if that's something that you're interested in, I highly recommend it. Journaling, again, you know, is a good way to like get things out. You may not be able to like resolve it on your own, which is why I say like, you know, a trusted confidant or a therapist or other mental health provider is definitely a really wonderful asset if you have access to that so that somebody else can help guide you through it. But journaling is a good, you know, another way to get your feelings out if you feel like you're just suppressing things. You know, you got to get it out, though. You can't just, like, hold on to it because that will, again, like, heart disease. Yeah. This is this is the thing. And the reason why that happens for a lot of people, you know, there's, there's hypothesis or theories that, like, it's because some of these people are holding on to a lot of their stress in their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been feeling that tightness in their chest for decades before they actually had a heart attack or whatever it is that, you know, ends up being their demise. Social deficits. This is another part of the rest, right? Like if you don't have a group of people that are your people, uh, you are in a social deficit. We've talked about like loneliness before, right? I think I sent you that article. So there's like an article out there from some study that says loneliness is comparable to smoking like 15 cigarettes a day. It's a little alarmist, but it's important to say that there's a difference between being lonely and just not wanting to have a lot of friends around you. You don't have to have a lot of friends, but you do need to have people around you that are your people. No one's asking you to go out and like have like 
a parade of people if that's not what you're into, but you should have some people. You should have people that you trust. You should have people that are like-minded. You should have yeah. people that enjoy doing things with you, that you people enjoy People that doing. support you. People who, yeah, that support you, that aren't judgmental. People who like the things that you like. That's important to have camaraderie when you don't have that, right? That That's again, what opens up like this, this pocket of loneliness, which can lead to stress. And then, you know, the list of all the bad things, you know, you can refer back to that again. <laughs> you know, you, it's like being heartbroken, like being alone, right? Yeah. Think about like when people lose partners, when they get older, they've been together for 60 years and like all these statistics about like, well, that second partner usually passes within the year, I believe. If yeah. I'm or they marry correctly. again quickly because they need that yeah. person to, Because they know. don't want to be lonely. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the last thing is spiritual rest having a spiritual deficit is having like a feeling of a lack of purpose and I think a lot of people deal with this this is probably like a deeper issue that we could probably go into on its own but I think a lot of people make choices like in their jobs in their marriages you know in parenthood that are probably not coming from them they might Mm. be coming from somewhere else so they end up in this trap so to speak of like day in day out month over month year over year of living according to somebody else's narrative of where they should be and not feeling like they're living their life in their true self right or they're not living out their true purpose some people never figure out what their purpose is and having some sort of spiritual practice doesn't mean you don't have to be religious to have like spiritualism right you can meditate I pull tarot cards. I could probably safely say I'm a little bit of a witch, right? Like I do the burning <laughs> of the candles and the gems and the burning of stuff and the moon. That's that's my version of spiritualism, probably passed down from my ancestors somehow. But it's important, right, to have some sort of ritual practice where it allows you to go inward and outward at the same time, right, where we're kind of listening to whatever it is that you believe in that yeah. you can listen to, um, which is a little bit more woo woo, right? You know, I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm 50% science and 50% woo woo, <laughs> <laughs> but it's important. And that's why, you know, I have clients that come in and they're stressed sometimes. First thing I ask them is if they're going to therapy, a lot of them mm. say no. And the second thing I say, do you have a spiritual advisor you could talk to? Cause in my, in my book, those two things are comparable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because again, like one hand washes the other, like, okay, if you're, if your emotions are kind of out of whatever, out of whack and you need somebody to talk to and you don't want to talk to a therapist, then where's your spirituality? Like, what is it that you believe in then? Then like, how can I get you to go down that road? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know how spiritual I would, I would identify myself as I'm very much more science-based thinking in my beliefs. Um, and how the universe works but I do think that there's stuff that we don't understand as humans and that's incomprehensible because you know where the heck did this all come from I don't know and I don't think anybody else knows but I do think that there's definitely benefits to having some sort of inner work going on with yourself whether you do think about it as a spiritual practice or as therapy or as being one with nature, whatever that means for you, I think is important. Yeah. And I'll put all this down on a worksheet and people can, you know, 
go at it as they as they will um so that they can kind of figure out like different ways to or maybe like a more inclusive way of looking more holistic way of looking at the way that they're managing their stress because i just think that it's it's just really important it's not just about like being happy all the time either right like yeah the opposite of being stressed isn't being happy in my book i feel like the opposite of being stressed is just being at a baseline of like content like i'm content Mm -hmm. most of the time sometimes i'm really happy sometimes some shitty things happen but like there's like this homeostasis in the middle that i tend to be around and i call that content right I'm, i'm content yeah and i feel like that should be the goal for most of us right like totally and it's unrealistic to be like yeah i'm gonna be happy all the time if i do all of these practices and all these things for my health that's not realistic you're still gonna have moments of sadness of grief of hardship but like you said it's that homeostasis that you know finding your flow back to where you can operate with mental clarity and where you can relax and breathe and enjoy yourself that's what's important and I think the more that you analyze how you're living and what you can do for yourself then you're going to find more of your time is in that state of happiness right and I you know what I think has been really eye-opening for me in terms of like looking at all these different elements of rest is that you really can start to get a more full picture about like what what's really easy for me and then where are the aspects like that I have to work a little harder on and I think having that fuller picture allow you to kind of get in touch with yourself a little bit more because again like if you're if if you're like oh I'm so tired but you're sleeping eight hours eight hours a night and nine hours a night or whatever it is taking naps right and like you don't have kids like then that 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 to me tells me that like, this is not about you being physically tired anymore. This is Mm -hmm. something else. And it doesn't have to be depression. It doesn't have to be even emotional as we can see that list is pretty comprehensive. It could literally be anything on that list that you just need more of, or you need less of. And I think learning about yourself so that you can really pinpoint what that is. I mean, it's so important. And as life goes on and continues to change and you evolve right then that list is going to evolve and the things that you needed when you were younger are probably not going to be the same things that you'll need as you get a little older right and and things are going to shift and kind of change I think that a lot of it has to do and I don't really love the term self-care because I think it's kind of branded as this type of thing and people kind of use it a lot for social media nowadays but I think it is really important to take care of yourself, obviously, and rest is one of those things. Also, hygiene is one of those things (laughs) that is very important leading into my topic today. First, I just wanted to give a few fun facts about hygiene and kind of things that I didn't know that are interesting. And this kind of ties back into de-stressing as well, put down your phone, people, because your phone can have up to 18 times more bacteria than a public restroom, which is disgusting. So regular cleaning of your phone is one of the things that we should all be doing and, and, you know, think about. And I think about this now because Archie has been fascinated with our phones and screens and things like that. And we're trying not to use our phones in front of him. 
And also I'm trying not to let him touch it because I'm like, well, even if I clean it once a day, there's still so much bacteria on it. So yes, it's gross. And a lot of people take their phones into the bathroom. Like, don't do that, people. Don't sit on your phone in the bathroom. That's that's not the place to do it, okay? Also, that's really bad for your bowels. It's really bad for your bowel movements. Your pelvic floor and, so yeah. Yeah, because people tend to sit there longer than they need to. And it stretches yeah. out your posterior pelvic floor. And I'm going to let you figure out what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't really uh, sit in the bathroom for more than a few minutes. Like, you know, it's not your time to have me time. Like a lot of guys read on the toilet and stuff. It's like, no, don't do that. You're like letting everything stretch out so much it's bad for your pelvic floor the only time you should be doing that is when you're going through labor and you're trying to dilate so (laughs) they call it the dilation station (laughs) but if you're not pregnant if you're not going through labor you don't want to be on the dilation station you don't want to stretch out your bum okay (laughs) also the average office desk harbors around 400 times more bacteria than a toilet seat, making regular cleaning of your workspace very important for hygiene. Even if you work at home, you should be regularly cleaning your desk, your laptop, you know, things like that. Please do it because there's lots of germs and bacteria on those things that you're touching with your fingertips all the time. And then I wanted to just give a few facts about what people used to do for hygiene, because we've come a long way. I always like to go into the history of things just to make myself feel better about what I'm doing for myself, because I'm like, oh, well, thank God I'm not living in like the 17th century. (laughs) In the 18th century, it was common for people to share bath water. And the richest person in the household, so say, for instance, it was royalty in the household or like lords and ladies or whatever, they would take the bath first. And then followed by poor members of the household. So then when the final person, the lowest on the ladder of wealth and authority, the final person bathing in the water was, the water was often just really dirty and cold. And so it was really pointless for them to take a bath. So that just makes me feel better about being able to live in a time, at least for the majority of people, were able to take baths and showers regularly with water that wasn't used by another person first. So I do have to say that's pretty helpful. (laughs) And then also one funny thing and gross thing that I found was that in ancient Rome, people would brush their teeth with urine because it was believed to have a cleaning effect due to the ammonia content. So thank goodness we have all moved on to toothpaste. (laughs) But that is just a few weird and interesting facts. But overall, good hygiene leads to better lifespan, more longevity for yourself. And there's things that you can do, not just for your body, but for your environment to promote better longevity. So it's important to take that into account because not only does it help you physically, but it also helps with your mental health too. You know, having a clean space, taking care of the space, having that practice of being cleansing and purging and things like that. It's really good for your mental health to have a space that feels clean, that is clean, and that feels environmentally good for your well-being. So a few things that you can do on a daily basis to promote better hygiene for yourself is to have frequent hand washing 
especially after using the bathroom. We should all be doing this now, especially after going through a pandemic. Make sure that you're washing your hands for at least 20 seconds with soap. It's amazing how many people, like you go into a public restroom, you're washing your hands and you see the next person come up to the sink and they finish before you and walk away and you're like, oh, that was not 20 seconds, you know? Or like they just don't wash their hands. Or yeah, they just don't wash their hands at all. And they just walk out of a public restroom without washing their hands and then go eat or something. Like there's so many bacteria in a public restroom. Please don't do that. And it's the most effective way to stop the spread of disease, washing hands. So it's not just like for your own cleanliness, you know, think of other people, especially people that are immunocompromised. It's important for all of us to take these practices, you know, and do them because it helps, you know, helps stop the spread of disease, which is important for humanity. And then one other thing that you can do is, floss and brush your teeth on a regular basis. You should be brushing your teeth twice a day, flossing at least once a day because tooth decay and gum disease have really big effects on your health overall. You know, those kinds of things like heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure can all be because you don't have good oral hygiene. So that's another thing that you can do to promote better uh, longevity of your life. And it's interesting that so many people, you know, think about their body and their teeth, but they often don't think about their skin. And so this is one thing that I wanted to talk about because skin issues and skin infections and bacteria on your skin can really promote not just health issues, but a deeper mental basically like a a deeper state of depression, people that have uh, less frequent hygiene practices for their skin actually have higher states or higher risk of anxiety, depression, things like that. So definitely, you know, shower regularly. I don't think that you should shower every day personally, because, well, I guess it depends on like if you're working out every day and things like that. But Um, It is good to have some bacteria, just like our, you know, microbiome of our gut. There's good and bad bacteria. There's also good and bad bacteria for our skin. So it's, it's good to have proper hygiene for your skin, but also don't go crazy and like scrub all your skin off. (laughs) That's not good too. (laughs) I think a lot of these things are common sense, at least now today that people know I should be taking care of my body and have these self-care practices to make myself feel good and a regular self-care practices like I said good for your mental health so yeah I think that hygiene is one of those things that we kind of take for granted but if you have a, a proactive practice of it you'll feel better you'll have a more positive um, relationship with yourself and start to have more of an understanding of how your body works as well. Oh, one other thing I wanted to talk about actually is genital hygiene, because this can have a big impact on your health. And not a lot of people know that our genitals are actually self-cleaning. The vagina is self-cleaning. Male uh, genitalia is self-cleaning as well. So there's a lot of products out there that are like scented and things and perfumed and things like that. So I just want to let everybody know 
You don't have to use scented soaps or perfumes to make your vagina smell good. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like your natural sense is what it should be. Unless you have a very unbalanced pH and you have some issue going on. If, if you do think that it's a, it's a scent that is, you know, caused by an imbalance of bacteria or something like that, or a yeast infection, you know, go see a doctor um, and get that checked. But also just use warm water and you should be fine. <laughs> oh my God. My husband and I get into an argument about this. Oh, really? Like pretty regularly because I tell them not to use soap on his penis and mm. he says that that's preposterous and apparently he's never heard that before. And I'm mm. like, soap is not good for your nether regions. It yeah. can irritate the very sensitive parts of yourself. But what I was going to say other than that, <laughs> now that everybody knows about my personal conversations with my husband um, (laughs) is the more I think about this conversation, like the tips that we've been bringing up. Yes. They're for longevity. Yes. They're great practices, but they're also things that I think are super important to implement as a parent. Mm -hmm. Like I think all of this stuff is harder to implement later in life. Yeah. Right. Like then you're kind of playing catch up, not to say that you can't change your routine, but we can all agree that changing your routine as an adult is much harder than thinking about ways to help your child have really great routines as a child and assuming that they can mimic modeled behavior, you know, like you have to do it for them. You have to show them that you also do it. But I think that that's really the prime time to to learn this stuff right yeah, like because they really do the- from a young young age observe us and pick up on mm-hmm. things and Archie loves watching us vacuum and so not only does it clean our space and everything it also entertains him so we bring out the vacuum pretty often now and like it's good because it's getting all the dust and cat hair out of our space and he loves it. So why not? So, yeah. Like, you know, obviously we try to get Renee to clean up. That's, you know, cleaning up at two years old is your parents are cleaning and you're picking up a couple pieces behind them. Right. But like, just so he sees that, like, before you take out a new thing, right. Like you have to like start putting this other thing back. Also, we bought him like a little broom and a little dustpan because <laughs> so he, he's like always trying to Swiffer every time I pull up Swiffer or anything like Aww. that. Right. So like now he has his own and he's like clean, mama clean. Right. So he's able <laughs> to clean. He loves to take a bath. He likes to brush his teeth. Right. Like because it's just become this like normal routine that he sees yeah. that we all do. And in fact, like he fell asleep last night because of daylight savings, like before his normal bedtime. So he missed his bath. He knew it. He woke up this morning and was like, bath, mama, you know, because he Aww, like really wanted so to take cute. a bath last night. But like how many two and a half? I mean, I guess at that age, right? Like they like to be in the water and splash and whatnot. But like how many kids really like taking baths? I don't know. Like I, I, I couldn't answer that question, but I'm happy that my two and a half year old, like, you know, understands that like taking a bath is good and also understands rest, right? Understands that like just because I put him in his room doesn't mean he has to go to sleep, but maybe sometimes I see he's overstimulated and he just needs to go in his room to chill out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like he, he's like understanding that there's these other ways of taking care of himself, Mm -hmm. even if he doesn't understand that, right. He doesn't understand exactly that, but he understands that like he does calm down if he goes in his room. Right. He does calm down if we watch 
one show versus watching a different show, right? Like sometimes you need to have those breaks and he gets it. Yeah. Which is really cool, but it's because we've taught him to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you haven't had anyone teaching you those things, you know, when you were a kid, it can, like we said, it can be difficult, but now is your time to, you know, create these new practices for yourself, teach yourself like good things to do that feel good for your hygiene, that feel good for your mental state and just really build up a routine for yourself that doesn't feel like a chore, but feels empowering for yourself, I think. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was going to go into nutrition today too, but we're already at like probably 45 minutes. So maybe we save nutrition for another time. Maybe we save nutrition for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also, <laughs> it's also a big topic that we could do a whole, you know, 45 minutes just on nutrition and foods and things like that. I think that sounds good so that people can kind of absorb what we talked about today. The bulk of it was really stress management and trying yeah. to figure out different tools for that. So I hope that, that has been helpful and people feel a little bit more eye-opened in the uh, variety of ways that we can be finding rest. I love rest. Rest is my favorite. Yeah. And if you want to rest and get good hygiene, take a bath. Combine <laughs> the two together. <laughs> that made me giggle, but that, sounds, that sounded funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have a part three now of longevity, which will be focused on nutrition. So we'll do that for you next time. Yeah. I love food. So that'll be fun to talk about that too. <laughs> exactly. Food is delicious. I can't wait to dive into it literally and figuratively. Yum. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening and thank you for being here, Hallie. I love these little chats. Me too, Laura. They're awesome. Yeah, I love this. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support, and we would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to Titillating Talks. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Titillating Talks, and feel free to reach out to us via email, ttpodcastgals at gmail.com, with any questions or suggestions. We would love to hear from you. Titillating Talks is produced by us, Hallie and Laura. And our music is by Cruise Cruise. We hope you found this episode titillating.